Welcome to the podcast series AfriCast. Allow us to introduce ourselves. We are Jamie, Marius and Patrick. And we are students of the Technical University of Munich with different study backgrounds. Africa is an emerging continent. In particular, Ghana is one of the fastest growing economies worldwide. We would like to raise awareness for the academic environment in Ghana. But why do we focus only on Ghana? Last year, the Technical University of Munich established a scientific collaboration with different universities in Ghana. We have the impression that there's a lot of potential for more people to learn about this. So we hope that this podcast sparks your personal interest and that you share it with your friends and family if you liked it. And now, enjoy. We are happy to welcome Johannes Winkelmeier today as our guest. He studied mechanical engineering and is an engineering PhD candidate and lecturer at the Technical University of Munich. Um, we invited him because he is an expert when it comes to the potential of renewable energies in less developed parts of the world. Um, hello, Johannes. Thank you very much for joining us today. In your dissertation, you write about energy-related development concepts for rural communities. Based on the subject, you gave a very successful lecture um, at TUM, which is planned to be repeated this year. And beyond that, you are the founder of To Empower Africa, the NGO where students of TUM can participate and develop sustainable solutions for African villages. Um, your dissertation is based on the assumption that energy has an effect on the economy and on the population. Could you tell us a little bit about how ele electricity is related to economic growth as well as population growth? What is your idea behind that or your theory? Very much. Hello from my side as well. So you can see a clear correlation between access to reliable and affordable electricity and economic growth or in a bigger picture, the human development index. So the countries with a lot of energy consumption and access to this cheap electricity um, are very highly ranked with the human development index. The um, less developed countries um, go with li little, um, not sufficient access to electricity and you see them on the bottom line of the Human Development Index. In a practical example, you can say that you need um, access to electricity to add value to any kind of production so that you um, enable yourself to grow economically. Okay, and what is what has it to do with the population growth? Because population growth is one of the uh, acute challenges of today and tomorrow. You can see um, by statistics that in the past, the regions, countries that enabled or improved the access to electricity, um, this, this led to an improvement of economic productivity and then the birth rate significantly went down. Especially you can see this the last decades in the Arabic countries, a few um, sub-Saharan countries starting this process as well. Um, a practical example uh, or two major reasons are the economic security. The moment I know that I um, have a economic security for months or even years, um, I don't invest 
as much as I've done the last centuries in certain cultures um, in um, creation of um, children, children, like children that they are the security for my own age. Don't have to be the insurance for yourself. Exactly. Okay. And the other part is um, when you just think about the health sector, the moment you have also in remote areas stable access to electricity, this is crucial for hospitals. So the, um, when a hospital has access to electricity, it can provide much better security, protection, healthcare for the local people. So the uh, the uh, mortality rate of especially young children. babies, children okay. is going down. It's going down. I see. So power access is related to economic development and population growth. But which energy source is particularly suitable for your concept? Are we talking about nuclear power, fossil fuels or renewable energies? Um, we talk very much about renewable energies. Of course, um, there is an, an environmental drive behind, but we started more from a socio-economic point of view out. These remote villages have the two problems um, why they don't have access to electricity. The one point is they are so remote that it's really very costly to um, connect them to a national um, power grid. And even if it would be economic feasible, often the government is failing in um, infrastructure development with different reasons. It can be bad governments or just that the government itself doesn't have enough access to money. So this doesn't work. In the past, this always was tackled with diesel generators. So that villages far away from economic centers have no power line. So the people um, or the richest people in this community um, tried to get partly um, power access with diesel generators. Besides the environmental damage that is done with this, this is very, very costly. Mm -hmm. Power from diesel generators is the most costly version you can have. True, and renewable energies are cheaper and uh, sustainable. So. Exactly. And the development of the, over the last years um, where wind, but especially solar, solar power, got um, cheaper and cheaper and this development will continue, um, enable them to be price market competitive. So, and then solar power has the very um, strong advantage that it's modular, meaning that when I buy a, one module, I have this almost the same um, economic feasibility than I, when I would do a very big plant with one million modules. Okay. With uh, coal, it's very different. Coal so is not... A your concept of decentralized... Exactly, exactly. Con it's a decentralized concept. Totally. You can install and expand it based on small cells and modules, right? Exactly. Okay. It's um, also very um, fortunate that it can be stepwise build up. So when you build one big power plant, you have to build the whole power plant at once. Sure. When you electrify a village somewhere in sub-Saharan Africa, you can start small and in one, two years, you add another solar uh, PV panels and batteries and a few years later and um, so on, the, depending on the economic growth um, and the wish of the people there. Okay, you just mentioned that solar energy is less, less expensive. Can you estimate the costs to electri electrify an African village? It's there are very much um, variables in this uh, calculation and figure, but you can say um, per capita you have 200, 250, um, up to 300 US dollars investment costs. Okay. And do how are the costs distributed over time? Are there like initial costs for the investments and later also steady costs? Um, there are 
uh, is a high share of in, uh, of investment costs. Of course, in real life, especially um, in the northern hemisphere, this wouldn't be paid at once, but you depreciate it, so you pay it off year by year. But um, this investment cost is a high bulk, and then you have rather low operational costs. For our systems, this would be a technician, this would be spare parts. Um, you have to take into account that the batteries, which we try to avoid because they are very expensive. So in these kind of solar powered um, um, systems, you need a few batteries, but we want to keep the amount as low as possible because they are very expensive and they have to be replaced every three to five years. Solar power or water pumps um, have a lifetime of 20 to 30 years, much longer. Okay, but I guess you still have to find some investors to give you a credit, right? Is this easy in Africa or how, how do you work with this? This is very, very strong. Um, there's a little economic science in it. Um, it's easy to get investors for projects up to 50,000 US dollars. It's easy to get investors for projects more than five or 50 million, but this section, this middle size investments from 5,000 to 550 million, it's hard to get investors. And actually this is both um, the drive for our research and the work of our NGO, that we um, create proof of concepts on paper by science and by implementation um, through the NGO to show, yes, these kind of investments in um, our so-called decentralized energy water food systems are a safe investment. And we are already talking with um, corporations, in German they're called Genossenschaften, which had been a big driver for the energy transition here in Germany. They invested a lot in wind power. And in Europe, these kind of investments are um, quite tough right now. So they are very interested in these social investments in Africa. And we hope that in a few years we can really have real investors for such a project. Okay, so your NGO serves uh, to guarantee some security to those investors. And of course, your successful examples of the past, for example, Zimbabwe or other countries, are helping you with this. But once you, you got the capital, um, what exactly is the credit used for? So where what do you invest in? Um, so it's mainly buying um, uh, photovoltaic modules, a few batteries, then water pumps and water tanks. So um, this was not mentioned before. Um, Our big aim is to create any security for investor. Or our first idea is to get electri um, energy access for the population. Mm -hmm. That for, right, uh, the by far best um, option is solar power, which has high investment costs. So we need some financing. For the financing, you need investors. The investors need security. Right now, they don't have the security because um, a solar panel mainly would be used for lighting, for cooking, for a fridge, which is very important for the living qu uh, mm -hmm. quality of the people there. But, but not profitable. It's not profitable, mm -hmm. so it's no security for any kind of investor. Yeah. So that's why we looked into so-called productive loads. And in Africa, agriculture is so big, um, so 80% we kind of can say of the African population is directly, indirectly um, involved in agriculture production. Mm -hmm. So, but this is a so not lifted um, potential because there haven't been established structures cause of the lack of electricity. Right now, most of the farmers, especially the small scale farmers we are talking about, 
they totally rely on rainfall. If there's a um, long dry season, their plants die, they have big economic problems. Okay. If there was little rain, they have low productivity and can't invest in better seeds or fertilizer for the next year. With our systems, we want to use the solar power very cheaply for water pumping so that besides private water consumption, we can um, provide a lot of water sustainable. We um, have um, a lot of measurements and models that we don't take away too much water from the groundwater. Okay, but but you store the water somehow. Exactly. We pump it um, and then we store it in a lot of uh, tanks. And the moment it's needed for agriculture or private consumption, you can use it. Okay. But I have one question. Solar energy is only provided when the sun shines. So is there also, besides the batteries, a possibility to store the, the solar energy? Because the batteries are quite expensive. Very good question. So right now, um, the most um, innovative systems would be as you described, um, solar power plus battery plus diesel generator. Because the diesel generator is opposite to solar power, a control able. I can turn it on and off without any losses. Mm -hmm. But as I mentioned before, diesel is not environmental friendly and very expensive. And with our systems, we substitute this diesel with a biogas motor. Because um, of our better access to um, water, we can improve significantly the agricultural production in our community. So the people not just make much more sales on a regional market for their maize, plants, cabbage, tomato, but they also have much more biomass uh, waste, which right now would be just put on the field, burned so the nutrients keep on the ground. But to you fertilize the soil. Exactly. Okay. But you would kick away all the energy content mm -hmm. in these green leaves. Okay. There are carbon hydroxides, there's in energy this in it. organic waste. Exactly. So, okay. so that's why um, you should put this together with livestock manure into a biogas digester. And the two outputs is biogas, which is a mixture of uh, methane and carbon dioxide. And you have also um, a digestate, which is a highly concentrated organic fertilizer. So this, this um, digestate can be put back on the fields mm -hmm. to keep the nutrients in the fields. And the biogas can be put into tanks. And the moment we need electricity, when there's not enough solar power, so in when the there night. are clouds or especially okay. in the night, we just open um, the, the biogas tank, start our biogas motor and have very cheap electricity even in the times without solar power. This sounds like an approach that considers all different aspects. So um, my next question concerns your NGO to empower Africa. Um, which brings your theoretical approach to reality. I think one could say that. Um, how do you identify the optimal design for this decentralized energy water food system for one rural village? Do you question the people there? Do you travel to Africa? Could you explain it a little bit? Very much. So we have kind of offer nine services and Five are directly connected to this um, decentralized energy water food systems. And sometimes there's um, linkages to um, student projects, master thesis and so on. So something is done 
um, find out by student projects and some is totally independent by our NGO. So in the beginning, we do um, always a so-called site um, potential assessment, which has three dimensions. The one is remote sensing. So we try to get um, by the internet, by um, databases, um, data like irradiation, Rain, uh, rainfall, soil quality of a certain location. Like all the conditions. Exactly. All, everything that is very much connected to resources. Mm -hmm. Then we go there to do last measurements for all resource assessment we couldn't do remotely, like special groundwater tests. Okay. And additional, the third um, part is um, on-ground surveys, which is everything which is connected to the human, yeah? What is the consumption of electricity, water and food of the population in a certain community? What do they like to grow in agriculture? What problems are they facing in these certain processes? And then we have enough um, knowledge about this community that we can, these are the input data for a model that we developed um, in a scientific way with very interdisciplinary, where you put in all this data and as output, you as um, an, either an investor or as a community member in rural Africa um, get the number, okay, I have so much money um, and for my community it would be the best to buy so many solar panels, so many batteries, water pumps, water tanks, the biogas system, how much agriculture I should do, which kind of crops would be the best based on the soil, water availability, market prices. Um, and how much does this cost as an investment and for running costs? The running okay. costs are very much dominated by salaries for technicians and farmers and fertilizer. So you basically get your personal design for this decentralized exactly. system. Okay. Um, how many students are part of the NGO and what does your work look like? Can they write like a thesis based on projects? Um, yeah. So far, we are a very young um, NGO, less than one year old. So we are right now um, taking the next step from after the first year. So most of our volunteers, we have 25 very active volunteers right now, but a way bigger circle, which is just particularly um, supporting us. But this 2025 students mainly had been part of student projects before or did a master thesis in that field and afterwards somehow want to contribute um, by practical work. Mm -hmm. So for example, um, there was recently a master student who did the um, a thesis about the perfect design of such a energy water microgrid. And afterwards he went for one month to Zimbabwe to install parts of it as a volunteer. Okay. Uh, are you looking for more students uh, to join your initiative? And are there certain requirements concerning your personal profile, interests or scientific background to participate? Totally. Um, so there are two very different fields. Um, we um, are looking for volunteers. The one is really the groundwork. Okay. where we need good engineers, people who know about agriculture, people know about um, socioeconomic structure. So how would be the perfect... Um, but it's very interdisciplinary, Very right? much, very okay. much. Um, so this is the groundwork. And then there's the work here back in Munich where it's about social media, fundraising campaigns, um, marketing articles, um, things like that. Okay, last but not least, um, I would like to ask you, um, did your personal contribution 
and involvement with this project um, had an effect on your life and how did it maybe change your personal perspective on things? Very much. Good question. I'm surprised. Um, I'm so motivated to bring a lot of smart students. Um, I'm enjoying a lot working with them to bring these smart students, perhaps offer them a different option than the common industry jobs doing this. And the last um, year I was always very happy when a student that um, worked with me got a job in a Africa renewable energy startup or the GSZ, which is doing great projects in developing countries and um, things like that. Okay, nice. Thank you. <laughs>